Our first reading from Genesis chapter 2. Then the Lord God said, it is, not, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. So out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens, brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock, to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on, upon the man, and while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Pharisees came up and in order to test Jesus asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce and to send her away. And Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. And in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. And he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray that last verse we just sang. O Spirit who dost bind our hearts in unity, who teaches us to find the love from self set free, in all our hearts such love increase, that every home by this release may be the dwelling place of peace. Amen. A few weeks ago we had a reading from Mark chapter 9. And in that reading, Jesus told his disciples how they could be great. And he said that the way to be great was to be a servant of others. And then Jesus took a child and set him in the midst of them and said, whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. And clearly, one of the things that Jesus is emphasizing in that passage is that greatness comes through service to others. 
And he gives us an example of what I think most of us, at times, find to be an exhausting form of servants. He says, it is like caring for children. What they need, you have to provide. What you want them to know, you have to teach them. Their safety is in your hands. They can't do it. You have to. And that is hard work. Certainly one of the reasons that people are having fewer children these days. But we see over and over in the Scriptures that God loves children. In our Gospel reading today, Jesus rebukes those who try and step between Him and the children. Jesus brought up in our Gospel reading, and we heard it, the beginning chapter of Genesis, Genesis chapter 2 today, and in those chapters, God tells Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. This is one of the primary tasks given to them. God desires godly children, so He tells man and wife to multiply. He tells those parents to raise those children in the fear and the instruction of the Lord. And when we say that these days in the world, that meets some resistance because it sounds too personal, as if God were telling us our business. And the answer to that is, yes, absolutely, God is. Throughout the Scriptures, God tells us how to live. There is no way around it. The Scriptures are clear. And you see that as we have gone further in through the Gospel of Mark throughout this season of Pentecost, this tendency that Jesus has to tell people how they are to live, as if He were in charge, this starts to rub people the wrong way. And so for that, some people do not like Him. They don't like what He has to say. They want to get Him in trouble. And there are ways that the modern world likes to make excuses for ourselves. We would like to insist, hold on a second, our times are different. Today the world is more complex. People in olden times, they wouldn't know what it was like. The problem you run into, though, is that if you actually read the Scriptures, you will find them talking about many of the same things that we find so complex. The Scriptures say there's nothing new under the sun. We heard a little about children today. We also heard the Pharisees throw Jesus a hardball question about divorce. Elsewhere, in order to try and get him in trouble, they will ask him about taxes. And if you want to go further afield into homosexuality and transgenderism, guess what? They had that stuff in the olden days. So for all of the modern world's flattering itself about how complex, how sophisticated we have all become, we seem to show remarkably little knowledge about what went on before us, even when it is written down. Because if we did, we would see that, turns out, the world today is not actually that different. That the same bad temptations that tempt us in this day were the same bad temptations tempted people long ago. And if we start to get our ire up, if we start to get huffy on the moral questions of our day, whether it's family life or our relation to the government or whatever ethical tangents you want to go off on, we begin to sound a bit more 
like the Pharisees in our gospel reading today and the other opponents that Jesus meets in the gospel. It's an attitude of testing God. Yeah, Jesus, well, what do you have to say about this? What does the Word of God have to say about this scenario? And we see in our gospel reading that Jesus had an answer for that hardball question. He hits it right back at them. But did they like it? Did Jesus clear this up for them in a way that that kind of question wouldn't bother them anymore? And I kind of doubt it. Even though Jesus is straightforward, Jesus didn't mince his words. He didn't hide behind shades of gray. And notice also that what Jesus does is he takes them back to the Scriptures. He takes them back to the Word of God. He takes them back to God's design for people. You want to know about divorce? He says the Scriptures are clear. God hates it. God brings people together. He does not want them torn apart. And sure, you can go into various reasons for getting them. We have to admit that all of those reasons mean that something has gone drastically wrong. That's never the desired goal. He says that what God has brought together, man should not separate. So we see in the gospel readings of late a world that has divorce, a world that tries to keep Jesus, uh, kids away from Jesus and his words, a world full of sins involving hands and feet and eyes, a world full of the love of money, as Pastor Walther talked about last week. And that sounds an awful lot like the same world we live in. And so maybe another temptation that we have when we hear that is to become cynical. After all, if it has been going on like this for thousands and thousands of years, what is the use? But that is not what Jesus does. That is not the answer that Jesus gives in our gospel reading today. He does not lead the disciples away from civilization. He does not tell them to give up. Rather, he brings them back to the Word of God. He brings them back to what God created each and every one of us to be. In last week's collect, we prayed that God would grant us his Holy Spirit so that we may complete the works that God has prepared for us to do. That language is borrowed exactly from Ephesians chapter 2. It's a famous passage. You've all heard it many times throughout your lives. It's the passage where he said that we are not saved by works, but through faith. And all of us, I hope, remember this part. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. We are not saved by anything that we do. It is simply God's gift. But that does not mean, as we have been hearing these last several weeks from the epistle of James, that does not mean that we don't do anything. The very next verse in Ephesians is, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so was Paul living in a perfect world when he said that? Of course not. Paul lived in a world full of the same sins 
the same temptations that we face today, just as Jesus lived in that world, just as all of the saints who have gone before us have lived in that world. And God's answer for, for none of them, God's answer was not, well, just throw your hands up in despair. Rather, his answer is to get on with the good works that God has set before you, the works that he has prepared beforehand for you to do in our time. And those good works begin at home. They begin between parents and children, even if those parents are older and those children are grown up. It begins between husbands and wives. It begins between friends and neighbors and co-workers because this is where God has placed you. These are the works that we are given to do. These are the people that we are given to serve. The epistle reading assigned for today is from Hebrews chapter 2, and it reminds us of this, that we live in a fallen world, but we are called to faith and good works. It says that we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. And it then points our attention to the fact that God has paid man special attention above all of the other creatures that he has made, even above the angels. God has paid special attention to man, going so far as to place the future world in subject to a man, namely to Jesus Christ. But it says that we also share in a heavenly calling. And in Jesus, we see an example of someone who is called to good works while at the same time undergoing suffering in a sinful world. And that through this, Jesus did not give up hope, but he went on clinging to the, to the Word of God. He went on believing and working and praying. And this is what you and I have been called to as well. We are called to believing and praying and working Hebrews quotes Isaiah chapter 8, putting these words in the mouth of Christ, Behold, I and the children God has given me. We are God's children because of Christ. He is the one who shared our flesh and blood in order to destroy our enemy, the devil, by his dying and rising again. And we begin, we began tonight by talking about caring for children, about the feeding, about the teaching and the protection that they need. And we see in the scriptures that this mirrors what our Heavenly Father has done for us. Feeding, teaching, protection. This is what we receive from our Heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. And we should never want to separate ourselves from His care, never want to divorce ourselves from His care, but rather we should desire to be faithful to Him as He is faithful to us. For better or worse, richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, even to death, knowing that even that will not part us from him. Amen.